Hello and welcome to Victoria's Living Christian Center's Victoria's Living Podcast. Victoria's Living Christian Center is a church that strives to stand for goodness and is committed to encourage and show a better way. A church whose vision is to see God's people living a victorious life. This is accomplished through community outreach, education, healthy living, and support groups while still providing spiritual growth. Our goal is to meet the needs of man, spiritually as well as naturally. So welcome and enjoy. Good evening and welcome to Victoria's Living Christian Center Gospel Bible Chat Room. I am Pastor Ruth Gardner, and we are going on tonight in our Bible study. We are covering 2 Corinthians chapter 11. We're going to open up in prayer and get right into it. Go ahead, Pastor John. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you, God, for allowing us to come together, God, one more time to learn of you, God, and to speak highly of you, God. God, we pray, God, in the midst of this lesson that you would minister to us, God, minister to our hearts and to our minds. And God, we pray, God, that you would just minister to everybody that logs in as they continue on and and everybody who listens to the podcast. God, we pray, God, that you would just reach more and more people, God, through us. God, we pray, God, that you would continue to lead us and guide us, God, into all that you have for us. And we thank you, and we we will forever give your name the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we're going into 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Um, this scripture, the chapter picks up where Paul is still talking in defense of himself. And he goes in a little bit deeper. Um, it's got a lot of stuff in here. So I'm just going to let it play. And then we're going to go ahead and take a deep dive into it. I'm playing the NIV version. Now I'm probably going to be using other versions as well in the midst of our studies. Um, I know if you want to try to kind of get these versions ready, one is going to be the Message Bible. And the other one's probably going to be the Christian Standard Bible. Um, those two I know I am going to be kind of touching on. But right now, we're going to be listening to the New International Version, the NIV. Okay. And here we go. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. I hope you will put up with me in a little foolishness. Yes, please put up with me. I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I promised you to one husband, to Christ, so that I might present you as a pure virgin to him. But I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the snake's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For if someone comes to you and preaches a Jesus other than the Jesus we preached, or if you receive a different spirit from the spirit you received, or a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it easily enough. I do not think I am in the least inferior to those super apostles. I may indeed be untrained as a speaker, but I do have knowledge. We've made this perfectly clear to you in every way. Was it a sin for me to lower myself 
in order to elevate you by preaching the gospel of God to you free of charge? I robbed other churches by receiving support from them so as to serve you. And when I was with you and needed something, I was not a burden to anyone. For the brothers who came from Macedonia supplied what I needed. I have kept myself from being a burden to you in any way and will continue to do so. As surely as the truth of Christ is in me, nobody in the regions of Achaia will stop this boasting of mine. Why? Because I do not love you? God knows I do. And I will keep on doing what I am doing in order to cut the ground from under those who want an opportunity to be considered equal with us in the things they boast about. For such people are false apostles, deceitful workers, masquerading as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. It is not surprising then if his servants also masquerade as servants of righteousness, their end will be what their actions deserve. I repeat, let no one take me for a fool. But if you do, then tolerate me just as you would a fool, so that I may do a little boasting. In this self-confident boasting, I'm not talking as the Lord would, but as a fool. Since many are boasting in the way the world does, I too will boast. You gladly put up with fools, since you are so wise. In fact, you even put up with anyone who enslaves you, or exploits you, or takes advantage of you, or puts on airs, or slaps you in the face. To my shame, I admit that we were too weak for that. Whatever anyone else dares to boast about, I'm speaking as a fool. I also dare to boast about. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they Abraham's descendants? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I'm out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the forty lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled, and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst, and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak, and I do not feel weak? Who is led into sin? and I do not inwardly burn. If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus, who is to be praised forever, knows that I am not lying. In Damascus, the governor under King Aretas had the city of the Damascenes guarded in order to arrest me, but I was lowered in a basket from a window in the wall and slipped through his hands.
So here ends the reading of the word of God. Listen, Paul went in. <laughs> That's all I could say for this chapter. Paul had had it up to here. And he went in. First of all, you know, giving a little background, we know that there were some there were some leaders that came through, and they um, apparently had sent them, you know, ministered, quote unquote, and um, they talk with eloquent speech, you know, big words, you know, you know, all to do and whatnot. And the people ate it up. They fell for it. They fell for the ropey dope. They were, they were, they were, they were um, entertained. Um, they were emotionally stirred by how they spoke and and they talked about their pedigree and, and all this stuff. And even some of them, like I said before in chapter 10, even some of them try to discredit Paul. And so Paul is going on just, you know, and basically what he's saying about being a little foolish, like in the first uh, verse, he goes, I hope you will put up with me in a little foolishness. Yes, please put up with me. He was saying that in a sarcastic way, because, you know, this is what they were talking. They were talking foolish because most of the conversation that these leaders were having was really about themselves and their pedigree, where they came from, their upbringing and all these different things. And so, you know, so Paul was like, you know, first he was defending himself. He says, okay, so now let me, let me, let me divvy over here. Let me, let me go into a different direction and let me talk a little bit. Let me talk a little silly nonsense. Like they're talking, if, you, if you're eating it up, then let me talk it too. Because he said, um, in the beginning, like verse number three, he said, but I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may have somehow been led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. So something came in and something came in and bewitched them. They were uh, turned away from the truth. Because um, then he says, for if someone comes to you and preaches a Jesus other than the Jesus we preached, or a different gospel from the ones. Oh, wait a minute. I'm okay, I missed a line. Let me go back again. Verse number four. For someone comes to you and preach a Jesus other than the Jesus we preached, or if you receive a different spirit from the spirit you received, or a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it easily, though. Enough. So they were able, they you he's saying you tolerated this other gospel, this other Jesus that they're preaching about. This is not the Jesus that I've spoken of. This is not the Jesus that I preached to you about. This is some other Jesus. They don't even get the story straight because they don't know. They they added to, they fluffed up the story. They, they, they added to and took away the truth, the real true gospel, what really, really happened. Um, the resurrection of Christ, they, they, they added to and took away from it. So they're preaching about this Jesus that does not line up with what I know. The relationship that I have with the real Jesus. They're talking about this other Jesus that, you know, is not the true Jesus, which is very interesting 
because we hear that. I've been hearing that a lot lately about preaching another Jesus and that people are out here preaching another Jesus, which people really are because, um, you know, I'm not trying to stir joy up to get on her sandbox, but <laughs> this is Jesus. The, the Jesus, what do you call it? Demon of love. <laughs> Where they just say, oh, God, Jesus, God is love and love everybody, love we love. You know, everybody loves, everybody, God loves us all. And, you know, not knowing that, you know, that God is a God of judgment, he's a God of wrath, you know, he's a just God and, you know, he's a jealous God. And so um, God, God is a love demon. <laughs> right, God is love demon, right? God, that's it, the God, the God is love demon. So it's like, you know, everybody thinks this, this so they're preaching this different Jesus. Because the Jesus I know that I read in the Bible, he did not tolerate foolishness. He did not tolerate sin. He did not tolerate hypocrisy. And there's a lot of uh, leaders at this time were preaching this Jesus that was hypocritical, this Jesus that was, you know, kind of flip-floppy. There wasn't preaching the true gospel. So, um, and they were eating it up. The people in Corinth were believing it. They were receiving it. They were eating it up. And then, you know, and then a different spirit, you know, that wasn't the spirit of the living God. It was a different spirit was coming up in there. All different types of spirits and demons were starting to float around and they were accepting it, believing it, you know, taking it all in. And this is what he was trying to tell them. You know, these guys coming in here and they, they preaching these things that are contrary. They don't line up. They're not truth. They're false. And you guys are, can't even recognize it. That's the other thing too. You guys can't even recognize the fact that you're being okie dope. Um, and then he goes, he goes on to say, you know, look, I don't think I'm, I, I'm not inferior to these, uh, these quote unquote super apostles. And I saw that term used a lot in different, um, in different, uh, what I'm trying to say, in different contexts. In different in different books and different um versions that's what i'm trying to say different versions of the bible i saw this about super apostles and um so he goes on to say you know look i don't think i'm inferior to any of them you know um he addressed two problems in this um when he's talked about the super apostles he addressed two problems related to newly arrived preachers whom he called super apostles. First, they were peddling a back to Moses righteousness, setting aside the righteousness of God based on the death of Christ. So they were he was they were taking people back instead of moving them forward. And we know that going back brings them back into bondage. They were going back under the law. That was one thing that they were doing. Okay. They weren't preaching the, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ, that having faith and belief in Jesus, you shall be saved. And that is, you know, and the, and, and the righteousness of God, being in right standing with God based on the death of Christ. The covenant that came through Moses was one that was brought only, that brought only condemnation and death. An error of the new preaching was that it diminished the person and work of Christ the activity of the spirit and push the emphasis back on human achievement. So it was based on what you did. It was going back under the law. Like, you know, 
um, works. It was based on works, not just faith. It was based on works. Um, so it was kind of taking them back to a place that Paul pretty much brought them out of and delivered them unto. So Paul responded to this theological challenge by pointing to one, the onset of the new covenant in Christ and the spirit, and two, the magnificent hope of glory in Christ. He also um, pointed out the sufficiency of Christ's death for the forgiveness of sins. So while they were going, trying to bring the people back under that law, he brought those three points out, okay? He, he challenged it. You know, he's like, no, this is not, this is not, this is not what we're talking about. This is not where we are as far as salvation. It's the onset of the new covenant in Christ, okay? We have a new covenant in Christ and the spirit, the Holy Spirit, okay? And we have now a hope of glory in Christ. There's hope now. We believe in Christ. We have hope in Christ and that Christ's death forgave us of our sins. We don't have to go back to sacrificing uh, animals or anything like that. You're taking them back into this bondage. This is what the super apostles were doing. And it was the people were slowly reverting back to that way of, of lifestyle and living. So that, that was the first um, address problem that he addressed. The second problem that he addressed that the super apostles proclaimed the superiority over Paul, pointing to their own eloquence. Um, they may well have claimed to have more visions and revelations. Perhaps, too, they pointed to the missionary success and to greater distances traveled. But Paul defended his ministry based on his faithfulness and effectiveness in persuading unbelievers to be reconciled to God. He argued that his sufferings and ministry were not a sign of his inferiority, but were, were consistent with an extension of Christ's sufferings at Golgotha. So, he wasn't saying that, you know, he went through all this because of his inferiority. If anything, um, it kind of put him over the top as opposed to these other apostles because they ain't go through nothing. What y'all been through? Y'all ain't been through nothing. Y'all talking about, you know, all this revelation you have and talking about, you know, all this uh, visions that you're having and, you know, you seeing this and you seeing this, you got this revelation, but you ain't been through nothing. This road is a road of suffering. We talked about it at Bible, in uh, early seekers, salvific suffering. We suffer for the sake. Those who are in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. That is, that is the word. That is a given. You're going to go through some things for the sake of Christ. These super apostles did not go through anything. If anything, they were talking about how they having all these visions and all this uh, revelations of, 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 of this and that. They're talking all that stuff, but they, they ain't going through nothing. That is something that really is going on in today's church where, you know, everybody wants to be an apostle, but nobody wants to go through anything. This road, this walk, just this walk alone is, is, is a road that's, it's, it's, it's a road that 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 it requires um, some suffering, especially an apostleship. Especially an apostleship. So they, you, I need to know what what you've been through. What's your track record? What you've been through? Who who are you under? 
Okay, who are you under? Who 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 do you report to? Like, okay, who's your covering? You coming out of nowhere out of woodwork to my new apostle. Where have you, what churches have you planted? And not even that, you know, what qualifies you? This is what qualifies an apostle. You able to go through something and still hold on. You're able to still preach Jesus and still hold on. Okay. So he suffered as Christ suffered, though not redemptively. So he didn't suffer this exactly the same way Christ suffered um, it was part of the redemption plan. Christ's suffering was part of the redemption plan, but he suffered as Christ suffered because he came pleading with his hearers on account of the one who became sin in their place. So Paul's suffering for Christ revealed his close identification with Christ and his cross and God's deliverances identified him with Christ's resurrection. Paul's suffering served as an authentication of his ministry against the triumphalism of the super apostles. His catalog of missionary sufferings as an extension of Christ's sufferings is a stunning and ironic subversion of the claim of super apostles to superiority. So here we talk, when you go down and um, when we go down to verse number 16, he really, really, really goes into what um, all that he endured. But when we look back, if we stay up uh, like around verses, when he talks about, let's say verse number five, when he says, I don't think I am the last and fair of those super apostles. I may indeed be untrained as a speaker, but I do have knowledge. He means I do know, I know what I'm talking about. I'm making sense. I'm making it make sense. They're not, Okay. We have made this perfectly clear to you in every way. We did not hold anything back. We didn't make anything so deep and secretive and mysterious and mystic. We just came out and preached Jesus. Okay. Was it a sin for me to love, to lower myself in order to elevate you by preaching the gospel of God to you free of charge? That's another thing. Paul didn't even ask for any money. He preached free of charge. These super apostles we're charging the money. They were, you want it, you want uh, you want a word, you want a word for the Lord, give me two hundred dollars. So we'll see the two hundred dollars and I'll give you a word. <laughs> Which we see it here today. Plant a seed, plant a seed. God said, You plant, give me, give me a hundred dollars. You know, God said, you know, uh, there's a word from you, but you gotta sow a seed. You gotta sow a seed. So you paying for this word. This is what they were doing. This is exactly what they were doing, even back here in Paul's time. They were coming in with these revelations and all this new stuff, this new age stuff, you know, the tantalizing and the sensationalizing the gospel. See, that's what Paul, Paul didn't sensationalize it. So he didn't, he didn't tickle, you know, he didn't scratch itchy ears or or, you know, tickle their feathers. He just preached Jesus. And when somebody else came behind him and made it more sensational and put it up in lights and, and had all these glitters and sequins and all this stuff, 
you know, this fanfare and all this other stuff. Ooh, they made it so deep and ooh, mysterious and no ooh, revelations that, you know, only God showed me, you know, God spoke to me, only God only spoke to me and, and all this stuff like that. That's what got them like, ooh, you know, they were all mesmerized and, and they were all fascinated by how these super apostles were coming. But Paul just came as himself and said, look, Jesus died for us and you believe you will have eternal life, you know, just stop doing, just stop sinning, just stop, you know, let's, let's move away from all these things that we know that's not giving God glory. Let's move away from all these things that we know that Christ wouldn't want us to do. Let God, he, he preached with such power. That's the word. He came with power and with demonstration. They came with all this fanfare. There was no power behind what they were doing. It was like a magician. They were doing tricks and they were mesmerizing the people. And because they came with tricks and all this stuff like that, that really mesmerized them, they started looking at Paul like he was nothing. Like, okay, they pulled a rabbit out of the hat. Okay, Paul, where your rabbit? Or they, they turned a, a bundle of, of, of scarves and a dove flew out the middle of the, the scarves. Okay, Paul, where's your dove? Where's your, where's your trick? What are you going to show us? And Paul's like, I ain't got nothing to show you. I don't, why, why I got to show you something? <laughs> Y'all already know. You know what time it is. Have you not forgotten what I taught you? Have you not forgotten what we spoke about? Have you not forgotten the power of God? Have you not forgotten the things that God did for you? God brought you out of something and you felt the power of God through my words, through my teaching. You, your hearts were converted. Not your eyes were were mesmerized, but your heart was converted. Your heart changed. Your heart took on a new posture. I don't have to, you know, do all this smoke screen and all this fancy stuff to make you realize who I am. You know who I am. You felt the power of God. That's 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 enough. So why are you looking at this this other Jesus and this other spirit and all this other stuff that they're doing? So, um, so then he goes on to say, I robbed other churches by receiving support from them so as to serve you. So in other words, I was going to other churches, getting money to support me so that I can make it come, so I can come over here and preach to y'all so I wouldn't be a burden on y'all. In the Message Bible, um, verse number eight, he says, because um, I'm reading verse number eight, he says, it turns out that the other churches paid my way so that you could have a free ride. Not once during the time I lived among you did anyone have to lift a finger to help me out. My needs were always supplied by the believers from Macedonia province. I was careful never to be a burden to you and I would never be. You can count on it. He's like, even though, you know, um, you know, I never asked for anything. And he said, I'm still not going to ask for anything. I'm still not going to ask you to, to, to foot my bill or to support me because I want you to know God. With Christ as my witness, it is a point of honor with me. And I'm not going to keep it quiet just to protect you from what the neighbors will think. It's not that I don't love you. God knows I do. 
I'm just trying to keep things open and honest between us. And I'm not changing my position on this. I die before taking your money. I'm giving nobody grounds for lumping me in with those money grabbing preachers vaunting themselves as something special. And then he goes in. Now, this is where I'm shifting to the message Bible. Because <laughs> on this part, Paul goes in. So he goes, they're a sorry bunch of pseudo apostles, lying preachers, crooked workers posing as Christ agents, but sham to the core. And no wonder Satan does it all the time, dressing up as a beautiful angel of light. So it, should surprise, it shouldn't surprise us when his servants masquerade as servants of God. But they're not getting by with anything. They'll pay for it in the end. So Paul's like, you know, I, I'm not going to even, I'm not going to lower myself to that level. Because I'm not looking, I'm not looking for money. I'm pre salvation is free. I'm preaching the gospel. I'm making sure you guys are good. I'm not asking for anything because I don't want to be a burden because I'd rather you receive the gospel of Jesus Christ free of any type of burdens. I don't want you to feel constrained. I don't want to cause that. You know, when people start asking for money, people get funny in the church when they want to take up an offering. So Paul, I'm not even going to take up an offering. Because I don't want I don't want you to move. I, I don't I don't want the spirit of God to lift. So let's let's not even take up an offering. We're not gonna pause and raise an offering because the spirit of God is moving. I want to stay right here in this atmosphere. Because if I stop and say, okay, now let's take up an offering, it's gonna quench the spirit because people are gonna come out the spirit, they're gonna start clutching their bags, folding up their wallets, and then they're gonna start mumbling. See, that's all the church wants is money. Every time I turn around, they ask for money. He said, I'm not even trying to even let you even go there with me. That's why I never charge. That's why I never even asked you for anything. I asked my fellow churches to support me on this because I wanted to make sure you guys were good so that you wouldn't think that I was coming in trying to uh, take advantage of you by asking for money and all like, like these other charlatans are doing. So, so as we go further on and read, you know, he goes on and he starts talking about himself and all the things he said, if I'm going to boast, okay, let me, let me boast. Because see, he felt that boasting was foolish. That's why he keeps saying, well, let me be a fool. Let no one take me for a fool. But if you do, then tolerate me just as you would a fool so that I may do a little boasting. Now I read it in an IV version. So he goes, so let me, you know, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me speak as a fool. So y'all, y'all tolerating it. Let me, let me, let me talk about my pedigree. Let me talk about what I went through. Okay. So he goes to, um, starts at verse number 16, right? And he goes on to say, um, if you do then tolerate me just a fool as I would do a little boasting and this self-confident boasting, I'm not talking as the Lord would, but as a fool. He says, now I'm not talking. This is not how God will, will want me to speak, but I'm talking as a fool because I want y'all to make sure that you understand it. This is not God. This is me talking as a fool because this is what you're used to hearing. So let me go here too. Since y'all y'all all in, in all with all of this stuff they talking, but let me talk too. That's what he's saying. Um, So then he goes, I'm going to read, um, I'm going to go back to the message Bible because I like the way he, he talks on this thing. 
he goes, so I'm going back to verse number 16. He says, let me come back to where I started and don't hold it against me if I continue to sound a little foolish. Or if you rather just accept that I am a fool and let me rant on a little. I didn't learn this kind of talk from Christ. Oh no, it's a bad habit. I picked it from the three, three ring preachers that are so popular these days. Since you sit there in judgment, see observing all these shenanigans, you can afford to humor an occasional fool who happens along. In other words, somebody you can you said you sit here, listen to all this, this, this foolishness, then listen to me. You have such admir admirable tolerance for imposters who rob your freedom, rip you off, steal you blind, put you down, even slap your face. I shouldn't admit it to you, but our stomachs aren't strong enough to tolerate that kind of stuff. Since you admire the egomaniacs of the pulpit so much, remember this is your old friend, the fool talking, let me try my hand at it. And here we go. Do they brag of being Hebrews, Israelites, the pure race of Abraham? I'm their match. Are they servants of Christ? I can go, I can go them one better. I can't believe I'm saying these things. It's crazy to talk this way, but I started and I'm going to finish. I've worked much harder, been jailed more often, beaten up more times than I can count. And at death's door, time after time, I've been flogged five times with Jews, 39 lashes, beaten by Romans, rods, three times, plummeted with rocks. Once, I've been shipwrecked three times and immersed in the open sea for a day and a night. So that means he was lost at sea for a whole day and night. So he was floating on the water. I didn't realize that he was shipwrecked for a day and a night, immersed in the open sea. That means he wasn't on a ship stranded. He was floating on the water. He was in the ocean. Y'all understand what I'm saying? He wasn't on a ship like on a broken piece of board. He was literally just floating in the, in the sea, he, I was immersed in the open sea. And then he was flogged five times with the 39 lashes minus, well, with 40 lashes minus one. Five times he was beaten. Verse number 26, and hard traveling year and year out, I've had to ford rivers, fend off robbers, struggle with friends, struggle with foes, I've been at risk in the city, at risk in the country, endangered by desert sun and sea storms and betrayed by those I thought were my brothers. I've known drudgery and hard labor, many a long and lonely nights without sleep, many a missed meals, blasted by the cold, naked to the weather. And that's not the half of it. When you throw in the daily pressures and anxieties of all these churches, I'm over. When someone gets to the end of his rope, I feel the desperation in my bones. So when I feel so when somebody going through and they're anxious or they're going through some type of anxiety, I feel it. Do you not understand? I feel it because I care. That's when he says, and King James says, who is weak and I am not weak? Who is offended and I burn not? Like when they going through, you don't think I, I feel it? 
when somebody's duped into sin, do you don't think I get angry when I see somebody slip or somebody stumble? If I have to brag about myself, I brag about the humiliations that make me like Jesus. The eternal and blessed God and father of our master Jesus knows I am not lying. Remember the time I was in Damascus and the governor of King Aretas posted guards at the city gates to arrest me? I had to crawl through a window in the wall and was let down in a basket and had to run for my life. So he's so Paul is saying, like, look, y'all, y'all think these, 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 these dudes up in here, like they got all this pedigree and all this stuff. Ain't nobody they ain't go do nothing. They ain't suffer for Christ's sake. They sit up here trying to dupe you out your money, acting like they're all such and much, and they don't know nothing. They they this empty, empty words. There's no power. I come with power. When I preach to y'all, and I didn't come with all this fanfare, I didn't even have to do no flashing lights and talk about visions and all this revelation. I ain't had to come like that. All I did was spoke about Jesus, his death and resurrection. And y'all felt the power of God. And it changed you. It changed you. You, you were converted. You came out of your your sins, you repented, you turned, you started walking with the Lord. I didn't have to do all that. Why now y'all, all this, why are y'all letting this trick y'all? And this is, is the same thing that is happening in the church today. People are coming in, preaching this other Jesus, preaching a different spirit, talking about all this, the God, the, the, the God is love demon that came up in there, got people all thinking that, you know, it doesn't matter what sin you're in, you're still going to make it in regardless. All this stuff was going on. All of this was going on. Did not, did not have to do all that. So now y'all, y'all, y'all seem to appear just, just eating it up. Just eating it up. You're getting so tricked and so so bewitched that you can't even tell what's true or what's false because it's it's becoming blur. You can't even you can't even discern the spirits because you're falling for it. You're you're falling for what you see. And that's what's happening, you know, and it's, and like I said, this is so crazy that we're studying this book because this is what we're seeing today. And this, and it's, and it's amazing because this was written over what, 2000 years ago, right? Over a thousand years ago, <laughs> 2000 years ago, it's, it, it, it amazes me. It just totally amazes me that Paul is saying all of this and, and it's and it's happening today. You got these people now, everybody wants to be an apostle, the super apostles, chief apostle, um, you know, all these different titles, you know, and they're basing it on visions and revelations. Not on not your track record, not on sufferings, not on, you know, 
your your walk, your integrity, your character, you know, none of that. It's not based on any of that. Salvation is no longer based on integrity and character and how you are. Your relationship with God. Are you walking in righteousness? Are you sold out for Christ? Are you living a life that reflects the gospel, that reflects the word of God? Are, are, you, are you walking around and, and, and trying to pattern your life after Christ? None of that. None of that matters. What matters is how many followers you got? How big is your church? How, how much money you got? And, and, and all this fancy stuff. You know, what you wearing? How you preach? What, what words, you know, what, what, what words are you using? Are you using, you know, big words and trying to sound all mm -hmm. eloquent and big, big talk? That's what matters. You know, and, and, it's, and it's crazy. And people are being tricked. Mm -hmm. We got a lot of people in these mega churches. I mean, there's a I can name about right offhand three or four mega big leaders in the church. Got a big churches that I know is not preaching. They're preaching another Jesus. They're not preaching. They're not preaching the Jesus of the Bible. They're preaching a different Jesus. I know without a doubt because the things that they tolerate, the things that they're doing, the things that they're saying, the things that we see, and they ain't hiding it. They're not hiding it. You see it. Because as far as they're concerned, it's okay. Mm -hmm. You want to say something, Pastor John? I saw you came off the microphone. I, I was going to say something a while ago because, you know, you're talking about. Uh... <laughs> so. He he was talking about how he, he you know, got the money from all these other churches and everything else. Right. Mm -hmm. To it, to fund his ministry because he didn't want to come to them, you know, like that. He didn't want to ask them for anything. But the funny thing is you're talking about Corinth. Corinth had money. Had so money. Yeah, they had a whole bunch of money. That was a wealthy town. Yep. But he didn't want the the money aspect of it to distract from his ministry. Exactly. Right. But yet the people have had two. They, they listened to these Filton Luca preachers that spoke well and tried to rob them for every dime that they have just because they were good at speech, good at giving a speech. They make you feel good. They give you a good hoop, make you jump, make you happy. But they're not actually bringing you to Christ. And they were giving their money to those people rather than the one that was going to bring them to salvation. Which is which is crazy. And it still happens today. These big name preachers, I, I you know, I don't want to throw a whole bunch of them under, uh, under uh, but there's there's one big name preacher nowadays that I say all the time. He's a great motivational speaker because he's a horrible, but he is a horrible pastor because I've heard so many sermons that he's preached that he doesn't even open the bible doesn't say any script doesn't quote a single scripture he just tells stories yeah. he's a great storyteller good motivational speaker and got a huge church a very huge church because he won't because he's not preaching jesus correct and so this is, i'm sorry go ahead so this is still something that happens to this day things have not changed 
-hmm. which is scary. It is scary. It's very scary because um, it, it's it's it it never stops. You know, I was watching this um this little clipping that I came across today on um it was on on one of the social media platforms and it, it had a preacher preaching um it was in the Zusa Street time back in 1997. And what he was preaching was about motivational speakers. We can try to be preachers. You got Christian singers singing secular songs. You got secular uh, singers singing Christian songs. You know, you got motivational speakers trying to be trying to be preachers. You got preachers trying to be motivational speakers. You got he's like you got all these different things going on, and 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 it's going on in the church now. This is 1997. So then he went on to say about how um, um, a lot of these gospel singers don't even go to church. They don't even, they're not even a part of a church. They don't even have a pastor or a leader. But yet you have their manager who's pimping out their gift for money. I mean, he said it, I mean, he was, he was going in and I put it, I posted it. I reposted that said the, the sad part is it's still happening today. And this was over 20 years ago. Or was it 30 All years? of this is still happening. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like some people, it's just like some people aren't getting it. Now, I'm not saying everybody's like this. I'm mm -hmm. not saying that everybody who has a large church is like this, but there are a lot who are. More so, there's more wrong than right. So let me just put that disclaimer out. I'm not trying to say every mega church got crooked preachers and leaders, but the majority of mega churches have crooked leaders and preachers. And it's happening still today. People are being led astray, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes and the pride of life. Those are the three things that are being drawn, that are being, that people are being fooled and duped by. And, and Paul came to Corinth and he was telling them, you know, he got them. See, the crazy part with it all is that he had them set on the right. They were going, they were going in the right direction. They were going and this, and this is the crazy part. So we look at this and apply it to today. A lot of people, even those leaders who have these mega churches that we see now have strayed from the truth. They started off in the right direction but they got duped because um even the scripture he said this is the scripture where he said you know ain't the satan can betray as an angel of light um that's no um verse number 14 and no wonder so for satan himself masquerades as an angel of light you know he talks about that and that's what happens the enemy comes in as an angel of light. He 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 lures people away. He he tries to bring on this new stuff, but that comes from from people, uh, from leaders not taking time to spend in the Word, not taking time to read and study the Bible for themselves. You know, we get so caught up in ministry that we we just dive into ministry. But we don't take time out to read, 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 
uh, refill, refurbish, or re-energize ourselves as leaders. Because we stay doing the ministry, doing this, doing running, 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 running for the ministry, running here, running there, preaching here, preaching there, and not taking time ourselves. Jesus stole away and took time for himself. That's the greatest example. Jesus, he took time for himself to, 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 to communicate and spend quiet time, quality time with the Father. What makes you, if Jesus did that, what makes you think we, we shouldn't? And that's what happens. We get, we get so busy with ministry that we lose the relationship. And now it just becomes a chore. It's not a relationship. It's not, you know, um, us going out being, you know, being happy and celebrating and telling everyone about Jesus and having that, that feeling of, you know, wow, you know, Jesus, you know, this, he did this, you know, you know, er, you know, that, 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 that joy you have when you share the good news. Now it becomes like a, like a chore, like a task, you know, and then you lose that, the, 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 the Lord speaking to you. And then now you're not, you're not hearing from God. You're starting to hear from, from another spirit. Like he said, you preach a different Jesus or you accept a different spirit because you're not spending time in the presence of God. We have to continue to spend time in the presence of God. I don't care how high you go up in ranking in the church. You could be a suffocant bishop, bishop, you know, whatever, whatever, to the highest, to the end power. You still have to, it's still required of you to spend time with God because the enemy will come in and, and, and mislead you. He'll come in and misdirect you. And that's what happened with some of the leaders. They started getting more responsibilities. They started, the, the church started growing and money started coming. And they had all these different um, uh, members who were coming in and they were getting, they were um, delegating responsibilities, which is great to help with the flowing of the ministry. Because as the ministry grows, yes, you need leaders to delegate. But even that, one thing that you need to make sure that happens from the top all the way down to the bottom is that everybody has a personal relationship with God and that they spend quality time in his presence. It's a must. There is no way. There is no way you can make it without having that relationship with the father and spending that time with in his presence. You got to, because it's in that time that God will tell you, he'll let you know, all right, you deviate a little bit to the left. All right. You know, I don't like, I don't like that. I don't like you doing that. Or, or even that person, God will speak to you and tell you and warn you. He'll rebuke you because he loves you because he want to make sure you walk in the, in, in the right path. So yeah, he'll rebuke you. He'll warn you and then he'll love on you too. But if we don't spend time in his presence, how are we going to know which direction to go? How are we going to know the vision of the church? How are we going to know what God wants or what God has for us if we don't spend time in his presence? You can't get too busy in ministry that you don't have time for yourself. Because what did Paul say? If I don't bring my body under subjection, I myself will become a castaway. He know, he knew that if I don't bring myself in check, I'm going to be shipwrecked. 
So if you're not doing that to yourself, if you're not putting yourself in check, if you're not spending that time in God's presence and, and for yourself as a leader, yeah, you you got you got bigger responsibility. You got people that you are shepherding. And if you're not in right standing with God, what do you think is gonna happen to that church? What do you think is gonna happen to those members? And woe to the pastor that scattered the sheep. That's Jeremiah. Okay, I think I'm off my sandbox. <laughs> this scripture, this, this chapter put me in a sandbox moment. I was a whole time on sandbox. Because it's like, oh my God, this is so, this is so like now. Like Paul went in. I was like, that's why Paul, get him, get him, Paul. These super apostles out here, you know, and my mind went back to, you know, some people that I know, and I'm like, oh my goodness gracious. Ooh, I just want to send this chapter to them. Here, read this chapter. Just read it. Just read it. Because obviously you ain't read this chapter. I want you to read this chapter. If you ain't read it, you bypass this book. I need you to read this chapter. <laughs> I need you to read this for me, please. Thank you very much. Okay, so that wraps up chapter 11. Did anybody have anything they want to say? Uh, Elder, I'm, you know, I'm going to call on you because I want you to have your sandbox moment. <laughs> no, I, I don't have a sandbox moment. Oh, okay. Huh? I said, I don't have a sandbox moment. I'm fine. You pretty much said everything. Anyway, that y'all covered it. Yeah, it's it's just you know, it's just imperative, and it's it's imperative that as a believer, and regardless of whether you are any type of leadership position or not, it's imperative. See, here's the thing that I'm finding out about what happens: we come into Christ, we develop a relationship. We get fortified, we get strengthened. And based on our level of relationship, God elevates us to certain tasks and responsibilities, trusting that as we go higher in him, we will go deeper in him because so that he can use us for even the more. You may start off as, you know, just something, a little small responsibility. And then and you show yourself faithful over that. So then he gives you something else and you show yourself faithful over that in terms of faithfulness. I mean, staying committed to him, even though you're given this responsibility and you're doing this quote unquote job or responsibility in the church, you are still remaining faithful to him. You know, you're being faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many. You're being faithful faithful in your walk with me you're being faithful in your prayer time you're being faithful in reading and studying your bible and because i can trust you to stay faithful to me i'm going to give you i'm going to add something else as a responsibility onto you let me see okay take on this this task okay are you going to still remain faithful and if you continue to remain faithful to god in prayer 
faithful to God in fasting, faithful to God and still taking that time out to see him. He goes, okay, good. Okay. You still remaining faithful here. Take another responsibility and then take another. And the more you stay connected and still remain faithful in doing those things that pleases him, he blesses you and gives you more. Because he knows that no matter how much I put on you, you're still going to remain faithful to me. That's how people get elevated. Because the Bible says he sets up one and puts down another. Promotion does not come from the east or the west. It comes from God. Because the fact that we are remaining faithful to seeing him spending time in his presence, fasting, reading his word, staying committed, staying in a relationship, staying in right standing, in righteousness, you know, doing what he desires, pleasing him. That's how people are elevated. It's not by this, this stuff they're talking about, revelations and visions and Mm -mm. it's your faithfulness to God but now here we are given a responsibility so can you can he trust you with more are you going to remain faithful to him in this so that he can give you more because he wants to bless you with more but you got to remain faithful. That was good. So, Father, we thank you on tonight. We thank you, Lord God, for this time of studying. We thank you, Lord God, for revelation of your word. We thank you, Lord God, for just speaking to our hearts speaking to our minds. Father, we thank you that we can glean from this, that we can understand what is required, what is necessary for us to grow, to go forward, to continue this walk with you. Father, it is imperative that we spend quality time in your presence, that we take personal time. We know we come together corporately we come together and do different things. We pray together corporately. But there comes a time that we need to have our own personal one-on-one -on -one time with you. So that you can speak to us individually. That you can speak to us on a more personal and intimate level. And God, I pray in the name of Jesus that we will continue to make time, to make room for you in our lives, Father, that we reprioritize our days, that we prioritize our lives. What is the most important thing? Seeking your face early in the morning before we start our day, praying unto you and giving you thanks, worshiping you before we walk out that door, before we step out into the world, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will continue to just help us, help us to stay committed to that quality time. Help us to stay committed to meeting you in that secret place that we won't lose our 
our sight of what you have placed in our hearts and minds to do. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will continue to speak to us, call unto us, beckon us to come and steal away. Pull on us, tug on us to come and pray, to hear you, to worship you, to love on you. Father, continue to push us, pull us into your arms, into your bedchambers so that we may have that intimate relationship with you and that it would never, ever die, that it would continue to, to dwell, that if anything, it will, it will start to grow even the more, that it would intensify. Our relationship would intensify, become more and more deeper and closer to the point where we are totally hidden in you. Father, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you for this word. I thank you, Lord, for this time. And I thank you, Lord, for this revelation that is not about fancy words or eloquent speech, but it's about your power. It's about your word. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus and the power that comes in his name. Father, I thank you for this time. I pray, oh God, that you will continue to watch over us tonight as we go to bed, as we slumber. God, I pray that we get good sleep and that we wake up tomorrow refreshed, renewed, ready to take on the day. Father, I pray that you will even take this time in our sleep, that you will speak to us, that you will come to us and minister unto us. Father, we love you, we honor you, and we give you all praise and glory. We pray all these prayers in your son Jesus' name, Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen and amen. 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 Thank you for joining us on tonight. We pray that you are encouraged and inspired. If you desire to be a blessing to the ministry, you may do so by sending a love gift to www.paypal.me forward slash VLCC or through our cash app, which is the dollar sign VLCC Life. We also invite you to stop by our website by clicking on the link. May God bless you and may your day always be victorious.